Hello and welcome to the Auto Remarketing Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Overby, Senior Editor of Auto Remarketing, and we're bringing you this show from Used Car Week in Las Vegas. My guest today is Carrie Wise, who is Vice President of Industry Education and Industry Relations at TrueCar. Carrie, good to see you again, and thanks for being on the show. Thanks for having me, Joe. Well, we were talking offline about your, your busy week this week, uh, flying, from, flying from L.A. To, to here in Vegas and, and back to, to L.A. And, and doing an event tomorrow. So, you know, obviously your role uh, kind of involves a lot of traveling and, and speaking to, to groups, whether it's dealer groups, conferences like this. Um, and as you do that, what are, what are some of the messages you try to drive home to, to dealers and industry attendees like this? So I think my approach, um, you know, it's a little different, I think, than some other speakers in that I try to root my uh, insights best practices on data. Mm -hmm. And there's really two um, types of insights that I I typically uh, rely on. One is the consumer. So, you know, I've been really blessed to work at companies like TrueCar that do a lot of research on the automotive Mm -hmm. consumer. And I think that's really important because... If you're at an individual dealership right now, you might know your customers, you might know your market really well, but the reality is that there's some trends happening with the consumer um, that you may not necessarily see. And so I think when you do research on a large scale across the nation, you learn a lot about consumer pain points, their trends, their desires, where they want to go. And so I use a lot of that to share with dealerships what's happening with the consumer, what's their mindset. When there's a disconnect, a lot of times dealers can see it from their point of view, but what is this consumer thinking? And how do we bridge that gap? And then the second um, type of insight that I typically rely on a lot is insights from best performing dealers. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm a vendor. And at the end of the day, you know, we have some limitations as a vendor when we're making recommendations to people that are in stores day in and day out. But one advantage that we do have as TrueCar is that we have 16,000 dealers on our program. And so we learn a lot about what the best dealers are doing to close more sales. Um, what about profitability? How, how, how are our dealers um, maintaining profit? Um, what about our dealers that satisfy consumers the best in terms of our satisfaction service? What are they doing? And so we do a lot of studying of our dealers, mystery shopping them, interviewing their management, um, understanding their websites and what are they emphasizing in terms of value props. And we share that and pull that together. And that's really what I'm evangelizing out there. I'm evangelizing the consumer, the dealer, and then tying that in obviously to some of the things that we are expert on at TrueCar, like transparency, um, like you know uh, the trade. We have a trade product. Mm-hmm. We kind of tie all those together into a story that dealers can really relate to and gain best practices from. So you, you kind of have uh, two advantages there because you've got the all the industry data from TrueCar and ALG, and also the uh, just kind of the on the ground context from the dealers you work with. Absolutely, and you mentioned really a third element that I left out, which is what's happening on our own site. Mm-hmm. I mean, we learn a lot. You know, we're constantly testing things. You know, we're testing certain features. Um, we're testing our lead form. We're, we're and so uh, through those learnings. And it's not about just keeping those insights for ourselves yeah. to make our site better. It's also about sharing those with dealerships as well. Yeah. Well, and since we're since we're at a, a used car conference, um, what are some of the, the strategies you really kind of hammer home with uh, the pre-owned market when you're talking with dealers? Yeah, so I'm going to be speaking on Wednesday about mm-hmm. digital retailing in some ways and how to merge the online and offline. 
And, you know, there are some unique things when it comes to the used vehicle side. When you talk about digital retailing, the car is the star on the used car side. And so I think, you know, a lot of things we're talking about is merchandising and making it easier for the consumer to understand what what features that car has, the condition of that car, um, and the details around the car, both good and bad. And I think you know, we're getting to a time now where consumers want as much as possible before they ever leave their house. Now, just to be clear, that doesn't mean they're looking to buy a car online. Yeah. But I think um, you know some consumers want to find out as much as they can, and I think the dealers that can embrace that are going to have an advantage. They're going to have consumers that interact with them that they ordinarily wouldn't interact with if they didn't have that level of information. The other thing beyond the car itself um, is the peace of mind. I think you know consumers are expecting a high level of validation in general, not just with the vehicle itself, but with pricing. Right? You know, am I paying a fair price? I always say that consumers don't look for the lowest price, but they certainly want to make sure that they're not paying a lot more than their next door neighbor did. And that gets a little tricky on the used car side relative to the new car side. I mean, and a lot of times they just want a, a fair price. That's it. That's yeah. it. It's, um, you know, we did a study of our highest closing dealers and um, this was a lot of franchise dealers at the time, but I think the lesson is still true on the used car side. And we found that you know, our, our highest closing dealers um, transacted at the average on the true car price code, mm-hmm. right? They didn't transact at the lowest price. Yeah. They weren't the highest price either. They were right down the middle. And yeah. so it kind of makes sense. And I think that kind of um, dovetails into the third thing that we really talk a lot about across all dealers, which is what is your unique value prop? And it's such a generic statement like, okay, of course, everyone knows you have to have value. Mm-hmm. But I will tell you, in just talking to a lot of dealers nationwide, looking on their websites, we do some really great things, but we don't always market it well. And so I always say, if I go to your website, would I understand what you're about? Yeah. Not about price, not about even the car itself, but what you're about, what you're going to do for me that's going to be a little different than the dealership down the street. Yeah. And so that unique value is something that is differentiated. You know, maybe it might be that you deliver the car. Maybe it might mean that there's some type of seven-day guarantee or, or um, that I can return the car. Um, things like that that either give me peace of mind, that meet my pain points as a consumer, are important versus generic value props that every dealer has around town. Yeah. You, of course, are, are one of our, our first-ever women in retail honorees, so congratulations. And uh and you know we did the the profiles with each honoree, and and you um, you shared some great advice around being a student of the business. So, you know, in, in your in your time in the industry, how have you kind of gone about being a, a student of the auto industry? Yeah, I think it's so important because um, we're really in the era of the expert. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think that's the best way not to make <laughs> yeah. fun of anybody, right? But I feel like everybody's an expert in yeah. some way, and. Um, I think it's easy to kind of rest on your laurels and uh, I've been working in auto for 20 years and it's easy to be like, I've seen it all. But, you know, I like to say that I have a lot of advantages being in the industry for 20 years, Mm -hmm. but someone new to the industry also has a lot of advantages. They have fresh eyes to see things. They have the ability really to understand disruptors and how they might be thinking because they're not necessarily tainted by being in the industry for a long time and and doing things the way they always have been done. And so for me, I think it's constantly 
um, not only learn, reading about our industry, right, through, through publications like Auto Remarketing, but it's also learning outside of the industry. You know, mm-hmm. digital marketing best practices, we can learn a lot from other yeah. industries. I've tried to participate more in other conferences outside of just auto, auto and outside of auto. Um, reading, I mean, but like now I think online we have so, so much uh, advantage in terms yeah. of like watching video. So I think the area that is where we really have to be students of business is digital. Yeah. Right? Everything digital because the reality is it changes all the time. And the minute you think that you're an expert on social media or you're an expert on SEO or you're an expert on vehicle merchandising online or digital retailing, it's probably going to be different next year. Yeah. And more has changed really in the last couple of years in our industry, probably in than 10 years. Yeah. So I think, I think if we're not students of the business, if we feel like we can't learn from everybody in some way or another, we're going to find ourselves getting past yeah. and we're going to be left behind. And, and to, to follow up on that, you, you mentioned also another, another way to learn is through mentorship, whether you're the, the mentor or the mentee. So who have been some of your uh, mentors in, in your 20 years in automotive? Yeah, it's a really interesting one because I was asked this in the past at, mm-hmm. at a women's conference. Um, and I found myself, I thought I was going to mention a lot of women. And mm-hmm. instead, I was like saying all these different guys, <laughs> which in some ways I was a little embarrassed about as a person who's very you know, big on women and, sure. and the advancement of women. And the reality is when you're a woman in this business, you are surrounded by men. And I've been very blessed to have some guys that... Um, truly looked beyond my gender and looked at me and my talents and were mm-hmm. able to kind of nurture that, encourage me when yeah. I really wanted to quit this industry or face some challenges. So so I've had, a, there's a guy named Chris Novi early in my career and I think what, what, what I saw in him is I saw myself. So somebody who loved numbers and was like kind of geeky on that side, <laughs> but also loved to talk. And, yeah. and I'm kind of one of those weird people that's right down the middle, left brain, right brain. You don't always meet people like that, right. but when you see yourself in somebody, and I don't mean physically but like you see your traits in them and you see that it's embraced and they're successful you have something you can kind of follow and for me that's that's what he was and I, and I had a few women that um, really paved the way and I, I almost have more respect for them now 20 years into my career than I did when I was working for them 10 years ago and I truly didn't understand like what it took for them to get there as a director or as a vice president. So yeah. I, I'm thankful that I've seen a few women that have really made it in automotive across the OEM and the, and the dealer side as well. And have you have you gotten the chance to, you know, you, when you say you see yourself maybe in somebody, you know, it's maybe somebody that just started in the industry. Have you gotten the chance to, to mentor folks? Yes, that's very important to me. Yeah. And I am... Um, you know, I'm probably to a fault in some ways. I'm, I'm the type of person that, you know, I'll meet someone. I give them my number. <laughs> you need to call me. You need anything. Like, I'm going to be there. And um, that has been a more a, a more of the rewarding side of my career. Yeah. I think it's su- more. It's kind of surprising. I hate to say that. But um, the first time I ever went to the Women in Automotive Conference, I got to mm-hmm. tell you, like, there was part of me that was like, do I really need to go to this conference? I work with men. I need to understand men, right? And their <laughs> mindsets. Um, but what I forgot was that part of the reason why I was going, because there was going to be women that just started yeah. automotive. Like, it was for them. They needed me. Yeah. And they needed, um, in some ways, to symbolically see me. Like, I, I have women that I, I've mentored that, that sell cars, and I, I, I'm not selling cars right now. I'm at a vendor. Um, 
but it doesn't matter because at the end of the day they're symbolically seeing somebody who has made it into leadership yeah. as a woman as a person of color um, and for them that is important symbolism is important so I yeah it's been it's been even more rewarding to meet women early in their careers or in you know different stages mm-hmm. and also meet peers yeah right I didn't know the first time I went to women automotive that there were so many women that worked in the automotive industry particularly not just on the vendor side which I knew more about but in dealerships you know as as sales managers and GSMs and as um, general managers and even a, a few owners that I've, I've met so to, to see that that's an inspiration to me because I, I understand the challenges they face. And I imagine you mentioned like seeing people who are kind of in maybe the same, you know, uh, similar positions that you have now. You guys can kind of pick each other's brains and work, work out the puzzles together. Yes. I mean, I think having peers is yeah. really important because one of the things that I wish someone would have told me as a woman in automotive is just how lonely it can be. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, there's only so far you can relate to all yeah. the guys. And, <laughs> and you can relate from a, just a work standpoint sure. or a skill standpoint. But there's still going to be some differences. Yeah. And I would say that some of the women, um, like Lisa Copeland is a good example, you know, um, you know Hall of Famer, a, a woman who's owned dealerships. Um, you know, I've had several others in my life that um, I can call them and bounce something off of them. And in all honesty, I can let my hair down. Yeah. And I can let my vulnerabilities and I can let my fears come out. And I can take off the armor that I carry every day in my normal day-to-day. And that's really nice to have women like Lisa, women like Amanda Gordon, who's um, an independent dealer in Denver, who I've become really good friends with, and, and several others uh, um, that have really, uh, Lori, and, and have really allowed me to open up and, and have given me advice along the way. That's awesome. Well, Carrie, it's a pleasure talking with you. Thank you so much for joining us here and for, for being a part of this conference. Thank you so much. I appreciate you guys for honoring me. Uh, it's amazing to be amongst the first class of women in retail, and I really, really appreciate that. Well, we are glad to have you here, and that's going to do it for uh, today's show. For all of our auto remarketing crew, I'm Joe Overby, and thanks for tuning in.